Morena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. My name's Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast that goes out with my email newsletter for paying subscribers via the Kaka, which is a Substack. Today, I wanted to look at profitability in our banking system and whether it's too much. It's a tough question to ask. Is a company or a set of companies overcharging, making too much profit? The theory is that if we have a competitive market, it's very difficult to make super profits. And on the face of it, uh, we have a banking system where there is plenty of competition. There's certainly banks having different prices for mortgages and for term deposits, and they pay money for advertising to compete against each other. They try to get people to change banks, particularly for mortgages and term deposits, not necessarily for transaction accounts. But there appears to be uh, a significant amount of competition. However, when you look at the not just the scale of the profits made by our banks, but also the profitability, so what proportion of uh, the market value of a company, a bank, is returned to the shareholder every year. So if you think of it like a term deposit account, what is your interest rate? What is your return on the money you've got in the bank? Is it 3%? Is it 4%? Is it 15%? And how much is that return relative to the risk that you're taking? So, for example, there are some companies that can have very, very high profits and very, very high profit margins on occasion. Often those companies, though, are risky companies where one year might be absolutely brilliant and then the next year might be a complete shocker. So you get a lot of volatility in the profit results and therefore in the value of the company. Now, the big four Australian banks here, ASB, ANZ, Westpac and BNZ, are all owned, of course, by the big four Australian banks. In the case of BNZ, it's owned by National Australia Bank. ANZ or Westpac obviously share their names with their parents in Australia. And then, of course, we have ASB, which is owned by the National Australia Bank. So the big four owned by the big four, the same big four in Australia. And so it's worth looking at the actual profit results that come out from these big four and at this idea that the profits are too high. You, rem- you might remember Jacinda Ardern when Prime Minister said last year that the profits that banks were making were consistently very, very high and that this was wrong and that the banks should be careful uh, about making too much profit and losing their so-called social license to operate, which is a rather vague term suggesting that somehow they might be regulated uh, back in their box, either profitability or their ability to continue as banks. Uh, It was a shot across the bows of banks. So we're all curious about how bank profits are going. Well, yesterday we got a couple of interesting bits of news. We got results from the BNZ through its parent, National Australia Bank, which reported on the Australian Stock Exchange. And it showed that their cash profits, one measure of profits that banks like to use, rose more than 23%. And that uh, BNZ's profits rose by more than $150 million to over $800 million for six months. So we're, we're talking about a, an annualised run rate of profit of $1.6 billion 
for a bank which is number three or number four in market share in New Zealand. And collectively, the banks make around seven or eight billion dollars in profit each year in New Zealand. Now, you may say that's absolutely enormous and way, way too high. Well, it could be. It's just that the banks do an awful lot of work and therefore make a lot of profit. And it's true that we have an awful lot of mortgages and an awful lot of bank accounts and term deposit accounts. And we're not a small economy. Uh, we have a GDP of well over $300 billion. There are assets that households own, including residential land worth $1.7 trillion. And the banks have been growing their mortgages in the same way that New Zealanders have been buying each other's houses for more money and therefore need bigger mortgages. So the health and the activity in the housing market really gets passed on into the activity and the profits in the banks. So simply saying, oh, it's $8 billion, that's too much, isn't really a fair way to judge whether um, the banks are too profitable. So what is the fair way to judge whether banks are too profitable? Well, you can look at things like return on equity and return on assets. So what is the profits you're getting relative to the size of the money that you've put at risk in the bank. So remember, banks have shareholders and uh, they, the shareholders have a certain amount of money in their bank. Typically, it's anywhere between $10 billion and $15 billion in their own equity in the New Zealand banks. And they want a return on that. Now, the question is, how much of a return is too much of a return? So the banks over the last 20 years or so have uh, produced a variety of of returns, but it's not a wide variety of returns. There's only been a year or two in the last 20 years where banks weren't profitable. They've been very profitable for almost all of those other years. And the volatility of bank profits in New Zealand is relatively low. And one of the reasons that banks on international markets and stock markets have relatively low valuations, so I'm talking market values relative to the profits they make, is because a lot of investors are nervous about banks because banks, they can fall over. And when it happens, it's brutal and very fast and the shareholders tend to lose everything. And we certainly saw that in the collapses in the United States of First Republic and Silicon Valley Bank in the last few weeks. And it's the shareholders who lose because they're at the, at the top of the pile, if you like. And when the pile drops, they're the ones who get blown away. So sometimes people don't put high valuations on bank stocks because when there's volatility, it's the shareholders who get whacked first. However, uh, so you would expect to get a high return if there was high volatility. That's the phrase you often hear. What is the risk-adjusted return on this investment? And typically, if you want a high-risk, high-return strategy, you tend to buy something and then sit tight and <laughs> grin and bear it when the money goes down and then celebrate when it goes up. And then over time, the theory is that you'll get your money back and you'll be compensated for taking that risk. Really, it's a it's a decision about you know how, um, how good you are at sitting on your hands when, when everything goes pear-shaped. And so it makes sense to have a relatively high return on equity uh, when there is volatility in the earnings of that company over time and the value of that company over time. So you can actually measure the risk-adjusted 
return. So you can look at the volatility of the earnings of a company and then look at the return on equity that it regularly gets. And that's what the Reserve Bank has just done. So this week, the Financial Stability Report came out. This is done every six months by the Reserve Bank, and they look at how healthy our banks and insurers are, and also how healthy their customers are, how healthy households are, businesses, just to make sure that the banks and insurers are healthy enough that they don't fall over, because the Reserve Bank's job is to keep the uh, financial system stable and efficient. And um, unlike in some other countries where there are separate regulators for banks and insurers, separate from the central bank, which in those other countries is tasked with running monetary policy, setting interest rates, trying to keep inflation low, in New Zealand our Reserve Bank does two things. It um, is tasked with keeping inflation low and secondly with keeping our financial system stable. So it likes to keep an eye on what the banks are doing and how profitable they are and how much capital they've got and just making sure everything's tickety-boo. So they collect all this data and in this uh, uh, half-yearly financial stability report that came out this week, I went down to Wellington to cover that, uh, read the report and ask some questions in the press conference of uh, the Deputy Governor Christian Hawkesby, who's responsible for the Financial Stability Report, and Adrian Orr, the Governor, was also there. And in the report, there was a special topic, a, um, a, a few pages looking at the profitability trends for New Zealand banks. To try and answer this question, are their profits too high? Now, the Reserve Bank isn't in a position to say, okay, the profits are too high, they need to be regulated lower, or there needs to be some sort of anti-monopoly inquiry, or someone needs to do something about that. That's not the Reserve Bank's job. And they were very cautious when we asked them questions, and also in the way they wrote the report, to simply say, hey, here's some data on bank profitability. Here's some of the reasons why it might be high. Uh, um, we're not saying why, but here's some of the reasons. You can do with this what you want. Uh, because it is very topical at the moment. Uh, Duncan Webb, the Commerce Minister, is looking around to see what is the next market study to be done by the Commerce Commission. You might recall we've had three market studies so far. This is where the Commerce Commission goes into a sector to work out whether it's uh, running in a monopolistic way and whether it needs to be regulated. So the first one was for fuel retailing, and there were some tweaks there. The second one was uh, the uh, the building materials market, and uh, we are, um, uh, sorry, the second one was the grocery um, industry, then the third one was building materials, and they were the ones that the, were lined up for the Commerce Commission to do. And we're now waiting to see what's the next one. And uh, we've heard that the government has kept an eye on banks, and obviously the comments from Jacinda Ardern last year suggested this was something they were concerned about. And the new Commerce Minister, uh, uh, Duncan Webb, uh, has said in a report this morning that he was keeping an eye on bank profits and the government was considering whether or not banks should be the next market study. Now, we've also got um, comments from the CEO of BNZ today, uh, uh, Dan Huggins, who says that there's no need for a market study, that returns on equity for New Zealand's banking system of between 11 and 14% is not out of line with what banks overseas get or what companies on the NZX get. But the Reserve Bank's figures suggest otherwise. 
they show that New Zealand's banks are the most profitable in the world when you look at return on equity over the last 20 years. And that's not because they are the riskiest in the world. Far from it. In fact, their riskiness measures, how volatile are their earnings, is right at the bottom of the collection of uh, banks that our banks can be compared with. And it's very clear in the chart, which looks at return on equity and maps it against volatility. And we're right at the bottom right-hand corner of the chart showing our banks are very, very profitable, but not very, very risky. And that gap between profits and risks suggests that there may be some super profits going on here. Now, the Reserve Bank didn't use the phrase super profit, but just simply noted that the banks were very, very profitable and made the comment that because the banks were very, very profitable, they should be nice to their customers and um, people should realise that meant the banking system was strong and safe. Now, I wanted to play for you the exchanges we had in the press conference talking about bank profitability, including a first question from Janae Tibshraney, who was with the New Zealand Herald, previously with Interest, and then I also have a question. So let's hear first uh, with Janae Tibshraney asking the question. Um, and just on bank profitability, do you expect um, profitability to ease a wee bit, um, particularly the net interest margin, as you know, monetary policy transmits uh, the report notes, the lag, and you know some of the, the issues that cause causes. Yeah. There's been a lot of attention around bank profits. Do you think that'll cool off? So thank you for raising that topic and highlighting the you know the special topic that we have in in the document. Part part of what that uh, special topic covers is uh, you know where are bank profits now? What's a, a good way to think about them? What metrics um, should be applied to give a sense of where they are relative relative to history? We also talk about a number of um, you know temporary factors that have been supporting bank profits uh, recently, such as low. Um, funding costs uh, because of plentiful um, deposit growth, uh, the strength of the economy um, in, in terms of the, the quality of their lending, and, and yes, some some of those factors may uh, evolve through time, um, particularly for net interest margins as the yield curve uh, yield curve uh, evolves. So um, the the special topic sets out uh, where banks uh, profits. What are some of the drivers? Key message there from us is that um, having a really uh, having a profitable banking system is good in terms of, of financial stability. It builds builds that resilience. Um, it's in a position, you know, we're in a position uh, much stronger than those US banks um, and than the experience that they've been coming through. Uh, but that that profitability be, also needs to be used to support customers to build operational. Um, resilience and that's where we'd really like the focus to be. And um, I also enjoyed special topic three. Figure 2.12 in particular, which shows New Zealand's banks have the highest profitability and that appears to have the lowest volatility uh, and risk and, and therefore a much, much higher risk adjusted return. Do the banks make profits that are too high relative to the risk and the sort of um, utility style banking they do here. So the, I think that, uh, you know, that, that special topic is rich with information. We were, um, you know, keen to have that chart in the document because it does show that, uh, 
risk as measured by the variance of, of revenues uh, doesn't look to be the main explainer of, of why uh, profits, particularly for, for the larger banks, are where they are. I think Adrian's covered it in terms of their um, you know, their cost base uh, and how that uh, is a, a big uh, factor in terms of their profitability, the, the lower cost base. What we've already talked about, you know, encouraging the banks to use that profitability to support their customers, also use that profitability to build resilience into the financial system. We've talked a little, we've had questions about cyber resilience, we've um, had questions about uh, the cyclone and flood and the impact that that had on the cash system and the, and the resilience of the cash system, people's ability to access uh, bank branches, ATM machines, all of those things. That's where we would like um, some of the focus uh, going forward to use those profits to build that resilience. You mentioned um, a wee while ago that the banks had uh, not necessarily passed on higher. So there we have it. Christian Hawksby being pretty cautious about making the leap from they are very, very profitable to they are too profitable. But uh, I think there should be a market study into the banking sector and that this latest uh, presentation of analysis from someone who should know and has done the work shows that our banks are not only very, very profitable, they are, their profitability is out of line with the level of risk that shareholders are taking and that uh, there is room for uh, regulation or at least a study to work out what is needed to encourage more competition and to reduce the scale of that profit. I think it's also worth the Reserve Bank looking at its own role in making the banks profitable. It's interesting that in 2020 and 2021, when the Reserve Bank was printing money and doing quantitative easing to buy government bonds, creating the money out of threat, fresh air to buy those bonds, often off banks and pension funds, that money was... Uh, uh, taken by the banks and they handed over their bits of paper, their bonds, to the Reserve Bank. And then the banks use that cash and they deposit it with their settlement account at the Reserve Bank. So it's a bit like you and I have a cash settlement account for our money with our bank. Well, banks also have banks and our banks um, put their spare money at the end of the night with the Reserve Bank. Now, I don't expect to receive an interest rate on my cash settlement account uh, and if I go into overdraft, I have to pay. Now, banks, of course, don't go into overdraft with the Reserve Bank, but the scale of the amount in the settlement accounts it has risen dramatically because of the quantitative easing that happened in 2020 and 2021. And now there's almost $50 billion in there, which the Reserve Bank pays the banks an interest rate for. So we're talking about billions of dollars. Secondly, the Reserve Bank... Um, uh, opened up a special loan program for the banks at the end of 2020, and it ran until the end of 2022. It was essentially a three-year loan aimed at the banks to help them uh, get their lending out there and to stabilise their uh, their liquidity, if you like, um, to give them a nice, stable, cheap form of funding to go out there and lend and, and boost the economy to recover from COVID, which has happened. That uh, lending program has now closed, but when it was open, the banks borrowed $19 billion, often at interest rates of 0.25%, and then they went and lent it out at mortgage rates of uh, 4 5 
So that's quite profitable for the banks. These are effectively subsidised loans from the Reserve Bank to the banks. And that's on top of the um, interest payments that the Reserve Bank are making to the banks for the money that's in settlement accounts. So the Reserve Bank has played a role here in inflating these profits, which it should address at the same time as um, passing on all this information to the Commerce Commission. And Duncan Webb and the Labour Party uh, uh, should be announcing before the election that the next cabs off the rank for the uh, market study should include at least the banks, in my view, also the insurers and the electricity companies. We shall see, because in particular, the electricity companies, three of the big five, Jen Taylor's are 51% owned by the Crown, who doesn't seem that interested <laughs> in trying to restrict the profitability of those companies who, of course, pay dividends back to the government. So it will be interesting to see what Labour proposes before the election in terms of what will the market studies be. And when your bank manager comes to you and says, we don't make uh, excessive profits, uh, you should go to the Financial Stability Report and point to the special topic box on trends and profitability for banks. Because uh, life is um, plenty long enough <laughs> to spend time reading Financial Stability Reports, or at least for me. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was a dawn chorus for Friday the 5th of May for the paying subscribers to the Kaka. Kaki Teano.